peoples of the worldwide federated internet what's good Some of you have probably figured this out by now, but really, when it comes to the Gospel of John, I'm not doing any kind of intricate breakdown. The things I'm saying is not mind blowing. It's not groundbreaking. It's really not anything new. I'm just pretty much it's almost like you're listening to an audio Bible, um, reading the Gospel of John. And I'm, you know, offering some of my thoughts. But again, nothing groundbreaking. I thank everyone who listens to the podcast. Um, I enjoy doing this and I hope that you enjoy listening. So anyway, without further ado, the gospel of John chapter 19, and I believe we left off at verse 23. So let's get to verse or verse 22. So let's get to verse 23. Let's get into this. All right. So verse 23, then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts to every soldier, a part and also his coat. Now, the coat was without seam woven from the top throughout. They said, therefore, among themselves, let us not rend it, but cast lots for it. Um, whose it shall be that the scripture might be fulfilled, which saith they parted my raiment among them. And for my vesture, they did cast lots. These things, therefore, did uh, uh, the soldiers did. And the verse they were quoting right there is in the book of Psalms, chapter 22 and verse 18. Um, I got a pop up on my screen. I'm not going to uh, bring it up in a video, but I'm just going to quote it. and You can go look it up. Um, they part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. I'll, this is, again, another one of those times where I wonder if there was someone who was in the Old Testament reading, studying, uh, like any good student of the Bible, especially at that time, would have done. Would they have recognized these verses? Would they have recognized these prophecies and then been able to see what was going on and understand? Oh, snap. Like the scripture is literally being fulfilled right before our eyes. I, I wonder that to myself. Uh, verse 25 now these stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleophas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus, therefore, saw his mother and the disciple standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, woman, behold thy son. Then saith he to the disciples, behold thy mother. And from that hour, the disciple 
took her unto his own home. The Bible says something about the commandment um, to honor father and mother. The Bible says that this is the first commandment with promise, right? You remember the Bible says to honor your father and your mother, that your days may be many upon the earth. I believe that's how it says. Let's let's go to it. Uh, it's the book of Exodus chapter 20, because I don't want to just misquote. Um, I went to Exodus 120. Uh, Exodus chapter 20. I'm going to start at verse one, see if I can get to it real quick. And God spake all these words saying, I'm the Lord, I'm the Lord, thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. Um, for the Lord thy God am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments." Thou shalt not take that uh, the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guilt, guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, um, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger uh, that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all uh, that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. I was going to skip straight to that verse, but I just decided, ah, I'm just going to read until I get to it. But again, we see that this is the first commandment with a promise attached to it. And coincidentally, you know, I don't think this is a coincidence that the Lord Jesus Christ right here, when he's being crucified, makes provision for Mary. And I don't think that this is an accident, right? He, he, he puts a disciple over the care of his mother. So even at the, at the cross, the Lord Jesus Christ makes provision for his mother. And the only reason I draw that out, I'm not going to try to, you know, draw out some long discourse and you know, make something up and make some doctrine that's not there. But I think it's I think it is a valid point to point out that the Lord Jesus Christ did this. How should we treat our parents? I don't think that's anything that is uh, some new idea or some new doctrine. But I wonder how often we actually think about this. Side note. Um. 
verse 27, then saith he to the disciple, behold thy mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her unto his home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith I thirst. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop and upon it to his mouth. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished and bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Therefore, or the Jews, therefore, because it was the preparation that the bodies should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day for that uh, for that Sabbath day was in high day besought Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. Then came the soldiers and break the legs of the first and of the other, which was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, they break not his legs. But one of the soldiers um, with a spear pierced his side and forthwith came, uh, came there out blood and water. And he that saw it bear record and his record is true. And he knoweth that he saith true that ye might believe for these things were done that the scripture should be fulfilled a bone of him shall not be broken. J this, this is an interesting thing for you to look up. Just in the, the crucifixion, if you were to look into all of the different scripture references and prophecies that were fulfilled, that were fulfilled and that alone, again, I think a person that was a a student of the Old Testament at this time, like they were really astute, really keen on getting into the Old Testament, seeing what it says, breaking it down. I think that person would have been able to see the events going on and begin to recognize, oh, snap, scripture is being fulfilled right before my very eyes. And I think it's very possible that that some of the Sadducees did that because there, there were there were some Sadducees and Pharisees that did believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. We have we have that mention in different places in the Gospels. And I think there is probably a lot more uh, than that we know of. I think that some of these people were just afraid to come out openly. And we're actually going to see that um, in this in, in this very instant here. OK, let me get back to where I was. Uh but uh, let's see. But one of the soldiers with the spear pierced his side and forthwith came there out blood and water. And he that saw it bear record and his record is true. And he knoweth that he saith true that ye might believe for uh, for these things were done that the scripture should be fulfilled. A bone of him shall not be broken. And again, another scripture saith they shall look on him whom they pierced. And after this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews. 
So this is what this is what I wondered when I got there. I wonder how many of the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the chief priests um, at this time when they were in a crowd, like you, you ever saw people in a crowd and when they're in a crowd, they'll say or do things to please the crowd. But when you get them off to themselves, you begin to realize they really don't believe that. And what they really believe is is different from the crowd, but they just don't want the crowd to know because they're ashamed or they're afraid. And I, I, I'm inclined to believe that actually happened a lot here with the chief priests, high priests, Pharisees, Sadducees, just the religious crowd in general. And, and even just a regular layman, I think the same thing happened. Okay, but secretly, for fear of the Jews, besought Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him leave. He came, therefore, and took the body of Jesus and there came also Nicodemus. Ah, you remember Nicodemus came to the Lord Jesus Christ at night, asked him some questions. I think it's I think it's safe to say, and I think it's pretty clear at this point that Nicodemus definitely believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and there came also Nicodemus, which at the first came to Jesus by night and brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes about an hundred pound weight, then took they the body of Jesus and wound it, uh, wound it in linen clothes with the spices as the manner of the Jews is to bury. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden in the garden, a new sepulcher wherein, uh, was never man yet laid there laid they Jesus before therefore because of the Jews preparation day for the sepulcher was nigh at hand. So the sepulcher was close and this is where they laid him. Here's what's interesting. The disciples at this time didn't understand that the Lord Jesus Christ was going to raise from the dead. They believed in a resurrection, but they they were unaware of what was getting ready to happen. I a lot of things go through my mind when I think about what happened at the cross, what happened during the crucifixion. And and some of this is based on a video I watched probably maybe two or three weeks ago. Uh, where a gentleman mentioned the fact that when the devil approached the Lord Jesus Christ at the temptation on the mound, the devil was really probing for information. I'm not saying this dogmatically, but I'm, I'm inclined to believe that this is actually true. And this is what the gentleman said. The devil was actually probing for information because the devil was aware of certain things, but did not know what the full scope of the plan was. Because just think about that. If the devil knew and understood that when the Lord Jesus Christ was crucified, he would be buried and raise again from the dead, gaining the victory, uh, uh, getting a victory over the bond that the devil had, getting the victory over death, making a way for salvation, for eternal life. It definitely would not have played out this way. And in that same vein, I do not think the disciples or any of the religious crowd understood what was getting ready to happen. And we're going to see that later on 
when we see the disciples pretty much moping around because the Lord Jesus Christ has been put in a grave. They have no idea what's going on and they're sad. And then when they see him, they're shocked. And then, of course, we all know the story of Thomas. He was like, yo, if if I don't see him with my own eyes, if I don't touch those, if, you know, if I don't put my hands on them, I don't believe nothing. None of y'all saying hence the, the phrase doubting Thomas. Anyway, y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.